0: Just go to ramp.com slash easy, ramp.com slash easy, ramp.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Here you go, Here you go. Already, already, nothing personal word of the day, December 22nd. It's a day that seemed quite far away when it was announced. Because, obviously, we've all lost track of what month, what day, how long anything is. Hey, I'll see you in 30 days. Hey, that bill is due in 60 days, net 30. Well, that seems far enough away. I don't have to think about it. That's like when you charge something on your credit card, knowing that it's the first day of the new cycle, and you say, oh, God, I don't have to pay for that for at least 30 days. Or when you don't have to pay taxes for like a year or something already. But what am I talking about? on this random Tuesday morning, it's NBA season. The NBA, the National Basketball Association, pro basketball opens today. It's impossible. First of all, the NBA season starts in October. But it's not October because it's December. Okay, so the COVID meant that the, end, the last NBA season was completely interrupted, shut down from March to July. Then they played through October. So the final game of the NBA season was October 11th, which seems like yesterday. LeBron James and Anthony Davis winning the NBA title. The Lakers, do you remember the whole thing with the Lakers and and Kobe had died, which by the way, was in 2020. To me, it feels like 10 years ago, that happened. But LeBron winning the title seems like yesterday. All of a sudden, there was a draft, there was free agency, there were a bunch of extensions, a few trades, a few people doing a few different things. And the NBA announced they're going to start December 22nd, which we said, well, that seems like a short offseason, but it's still that's far away. We don't have to think about that. Well, we do, because it's now. So if you're an NBA fan, You've got a 72-game regular season starting today. So the biggest news of the offseason for sure was Anthony Davis signing his max deal, LeBron James signing extension, Giannis staying in Milwaukee with his super max deal. There's 10 other stories that we need to talk about, although that's silly. That was hyperbole. I'm not going to get to 10. It's impossible. But there's several things that happen when a season is going to start. You have to hear from your commissioner. So what generally happens in baseball is Rob Manford, during the course of spring training, will do a media availability, not like Scott Borst during the winter meetings, but he will go visit teams during spring training. He'll do a, a bout in Arizona. You can't really use that word anymore, Coca. I'm I'm taking that word out of vocabulary. During time of pandemic, you shouldn't say about. I don't mean about. I mean, a bout. So he would go to Arizona, go to Florida, meet with teams, talk about the season, then meet the media, talk about the great milestones that could happen, great things that are happening in baseball in the upcoming year. So Adam Silver does the same thing, meets the media yesterday. And one of which, it was just bizarre to me. Every time I see Adam Silver meet the media, he's sort of been at the forefront of the whole COVID issue, as you know. First lead to shutdown with Rudy Gobert. Do you remember when Rudy Gobert grabbed the microphone and like coughed into the microphone on purpose and I was all over him? It seems like it was before Nothing Personal started, but this was in March or early March before the shutdown of 2000 and uh, I don't know what year it was. Wait, did COVID start in, so 19? COVID-19 obviously so it started 2019 so in March of 2019 when it when they shut down and Rudy Gobert had had before he tested positive he was that guy coughing into his microphone because he had done something well Rudy Gobert signed a super Max Deal just kidding it wasn't a Max Deal Coke I told you I'd work it in I had to work it in I'm phenomenally pissed that Rudy Gobert signed a long-term deal with Utah and then had the audacity to say, I didn't sign the Supermax deal. I only signed for 205, not 220, because I wanted to give the Utah Jazz enough room to build around me and Donovan Mitchell. What a bunch of horse hockey for $21 million over four years or five years. What exactly? Oh, wait a minute. They can sign you, Coca. That's what the Jazz can do with that money. And I know you take that money. So That's not the biggest story of the offseason. So Adam Silver meets the media. And the first thing he talks about or is asked about or in his media availability was the concept of NBA expansion. And it fascinated me because when you are an owner of a team and you have tremendous losses that no one believes that you have, but you know that you have because you know that you had to put money into the team in either cash or in debt, you make a list, You know how you do personally? Everyone makes these lists, right? When you have a budget, we all do budgets. And on the revenue side, you have what your salary is. You have what maybe if you have any investment income or any sort of money that you come, it's called inflow is what I would call it, not revenue. And inflow is always net. So don't make the mistake of taking your salary and saying that is my inflow because you got to pay taxes, Inflow is actually what is in your checking account every two weeks or every month or whenever you get paid. Outflow are your expenses, your rent, your phone, your utilities, your clothes, your Amazon, your Amazon, your shoes, your Amazon, your Zappos, your Amazon, right? Those are expenses. Okay, so you match up the outflow and the inflow. Owners do the same thing as president of a team, I would come up with inflows, outflows. Inflows are far less predictable when you own a sports team because you don't know exactly the level of your inflows. What is very predictable are your outflows. You line up the salary of every one of your players, the salary of every one of your employees, then what it costs to do a game in terms of game day expenses, the utilities, add them all up. That's an outflow. So in the NBA, a president goes to his owner and says, by the way, we've got excess outflows and we've got uncertain inflows. And they're doing that in baseball as well. Guaranteed, I promise you. So Adam Silver met with his owners and said, we've got an outflow inflow issue. Let's make a list. So as an individual team, you make a list. And that list is what can we do to cut expenses? With the Marlins, you could say, we're not going to close the roof. Therefore, we don't have to put on, uh, we, don't, we don't have to use the air conditioning, so our utility bill goes way down. You can say that we're going to cut payroll. You can say that we're going to fire a bunch of people in sales or marketing or finance. You can say that we are going to cut salaries here. We're going to stop the Christmas trip. We're going to invite fewer people to the winter meetings. Actually, that was a savings of outflow because there were no winter meetings. So you go through, <clears throat> and we would call it, we would have budget meetings and there would be sort of line by line where cuts can happen. So then we would meet, I would meet with all of my VPs, come up with a budget, meet the owner. And then we would talk about, all right, what are some other sources of outflows that are in no way related to our operation? And we would say, well, we'll cut those. There are none. And then we would say, wait a minute, what are some other inflows that have nothing to do with how our team performs, how many people come to the ballpark? And I don't mean raising the price of hot dogs because that would come up in the budget process. So a couple of things that come up when you run a sports team are big ticket items. First is, will we get a larger distribution of revenue sharing? Well, we can't guarantee that because in order to get more revenue sharing, that means that other teams have to have more inflows. That means that other teams are getting more people into their ballpark. They're having more revenue than they expected. That more revenue gets shared with those of us who take revenue sharing. Now we can't guarantee that. Okay. Broadcast deals. Is there anything we can do to get more broadcast money, as an example? Do we think that Central Baseball is going to get more money in from broadcasting and then distribute that money, and that would be an unexpected inflow, would be more money from Central Baseball, who makes distributions to teams, not just in revenue sharing, but sharing central revenue, like your broadcast deal. Then we would say, all right, any other big-ticket items? Ah, what about a relocation or expansion? Is that possible? Do we think that maybe the NBA or MLB, if you're running an MLB team, do we think they're going to expand or allow a team to relocate? Because when a team relocates, then there's a relocation fee, and that fee gets split amongst the teams. And if there's expansion, and let's say it's a billion dollars to expand, that's an extra Let's say $35 million that could come to us. When could that happen? So Adam Stern addressed that actually and said, Expansion, which was on the back burner, is now on the front burner. Did I not say Adam Silver? I said Adam Stern. That's funny, Coca. It's Adam Silver. David Stern, rest in peace, uh, is the previous commissioner, David Stern. So Adam Silver meets the media and says, You know what? We think that expansion makes sense. And it got me thinking, does he think expansion makes sense? Or did the other owners say to him, we need money. And the best way to get money is to do expansion because I know that's going on in baseball right now, because I told you it was going on, and I said that MLB cannot expand until the stadium issues in Tampa and Oakland have been taken care of, which is why it is so important for baseball to take care of those stadium issues. Then they can choose cities to expand. Then they can get money to owners who are bleeding money as though they had just cut themselves on thumbtacks. So Adam Silver acknowledged the fact that expansion in the NBA was a Backburner burner issue. And he said, our problem is competitiveness. And what's interesting to me is that the biggest problem that baseball people have with expansion always was, hey, we don't have enough pitching to begin with. So I have no idea what happens if we add two teams and go from 30 to 32. You are going to water down the pitching even more, which is going to make it even less competitive and the games less interesting. And by the way, you've got MLB managers meeting the media recently talking about the fact that they want games to be more competitive. They want games to have more action. They were talking about all the different rules that MLB had changed and whether or not they liked him, didn't like them, et cetera. So Adam Silver dropped a line during the press conference, which was of great interest to me saying, you know, we measure the competitiveness and the issue that that could present with expansion versus the economic need for expansion. Well, guess what's going to prevail? Dollars to donuts. I like that expression. Dollars to donuts. Expansion in the NBA is going to happen in the next three seasons. And the reason I know this is that as this season starts, this 72-game season, there are economic issues facing NBA teams. We are now in season two of COVID, but this is going to impact teams way more in the NBA this year than it did last year. Because you remember, COVID only happened after about 70 games had been played in the NBA. So there were only about 12 to 15 games that were impacted, about six to seven home games. Now there is a full season in theory where inflows are going to be tremendously impacted on a team-by-team level. So the owners are calling up the commissioner and saying, listen, it's time to expand. So if you are in a city listening to this right now, maybe even an international city, this could be your lucky day. If you're in Houston, I'm not sure that it's your lucky season. I'm not sure it's your lucky day. The biggest story facing the NBA, which is such a huge distraction, which makes the commissioner despondent beyond repair, is that all anyone's talking about is who's quickly, Coca? Who's playing tonight? Do you have it in your head? It's opening night in the NBA. Who's playing? Well, all I know is it's likely it's the Lakers because they're the defending champions. But the biggest story facing the NBA is James Harden. And James Harden stepped in it yesterday in a way that made me feel that he and his agent came up with a plan. And the plan is, get me the hell out of Houston. I don't care what it takes but get it done now because I'm going to be so miserable to James Silas. I'm going to be James Silas. That's not his name. It's uh, Steve Silas. I'm going to be so miserable to Frenata. I am going to make my teammates wish that we didn't have one practice. James Harden met the media because he asked to. because James Harden knows one thing and he knows he's not going to fork over 25 grand in five fines to not meet the media. First question that should be asked of James Harden by the media if they're paying attention. And they did. So as the season is beginning and you are a rocket and you've had a few days to practice, do you feel better about the situation in Houston? Next question. I'm, 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 I'm sorry, James. Okay. I got a question. James, you had demanded a trade, and obviously you're still here because you're on the rockets and we're doing a press availability with you as a rocket. so I'm just curious, would you like to say anything to your fans? Is there anything you'd like to say to management or your teammates because are you, you're in Houston? Are you still demanding a trade? Next question. What the hell? incumbent upon a player to answer a question that is a very appropriate question that was brought upon himself that is not of a personal nature. If James Harden had never once mentioned his distaste, had shown up to spring training or to preseason on time, had never demanded the trade of Westbrook or of Paul or of Howard, then I guess you'd have the right to say next question. But in this case, he doesn't. And by the way, it's not as though James Harden is being a model teammate, which he's not. There are reports coming out today that James Harden has had multiple already. There hasn't even been a game. Multiple heated exchanges and verbal confrontations with his teammates, both yesterday and the day before. Apparently, Harden is even charged. It's not a charge. It's not a crime with throwing a ball at a teammate. How do you think his teammates feel having a guy making almost $50 million acting like a petulant child who just had his dessert taken away because he had slapped his younger sister? You know what it must be as we think about this? What do you do when you're a kid? This is is perfect, Coca. I got it. What do you do? What what does a kid do when he doesn't get what he wants? Right? It's called the T squared. I love doing T squareds because I always would test my family because I would never get what I want when I did a temper tantrum. But I would still do it thinking maybe this would be the time. But of course, I had to do it in my room because I'd be punished and have to be in my room. I wonder if James Harden believes like a kid that the best way to get what he wants from Houston is to lose his temper. And instead of being like the cool cat on the block, like the, the spleefer who is always pretty calm, no anxiety, chill, just chilling. I'm chilling. I'm James Harden and I'm a chiller. Maybe he said, if I start acting like a child and having tantrums and being the worst teammate ever that I will force Houston to trade me. Well, if you're listening The new Daryl Morey, which by the way, I'm only saying the new Daryl Morey because for the life of me, there's no way I could name the GM of the Houston Rockets. If I am running the Houston Rockets, I am going down to the clubhouse and I am saying, Hi, my name is Raphael Stone and I'm the new GM. And let's be clear, you can behave any way you want. And if you think that we're going to trade you for a bucket of balls or for a trade that will not help this organization going forward, then you've got another thing coming. And by the way, feel free to keep having tantrums. Feel free to keep having fights with your teammates because you know what's going to happen, James? They're going to beat the crap out of you. And I'm going to like it. Meanwhile, what they're really doing is they're furiously calling other teams and begging them to trade for harden and what will be an equal trade because you know very well that your season is poof it's done the rockets are done thanks James keep giving me the content just keep going all right so I'm gonna make my annual is it is it does it is it annual when it's your first time doing it I think you only start with, you can't say it's your first annual. You say it's your inaugural. I'm going to make my inaugural, nothing personal, NBA preseason predictions. But I'm only going to predict the conference finals and the championship. The Lakers are going to beat the Lakers in the Western Conference finals. The Lakers are going to beat the Lakers in the Eastern Conference finals. And the Lakers... Will win the championship again and repeat by beating the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Okay. I'm just kidding. I don't even think the Lakers are going to make it to the conference finals. By the way, wait to see is when he tells you something's going to happen. And if it does, we'll say it did. If it doesn't, we'll say it didn't. We said yesterday when the GM of the Panthers got fired that we had said no more firings. That was December 2nd show. We said no more firings in the NFL. That's a hard no. Wait to see today is my NBA prediction. The Denver Nuggets will get to the Western Conference Finals and not beat the Lakers. They're going to beat the Mavericks. How cool is that? Because I think that Luka is the MVP of this league, and I think that the Nuggets with Jamal Murray and Przingis and Jankic, have the best team, and the Nuggets will get over the top and beat the Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals. In the Eastern Conference, I think Giannis will take another step forward. By the way, Porzingis is on the Mavericks, not the Nuggets. So it is Murray and Jankic beating Porzingis and Donkic in the Western Conference Finals, excuse me for misspeaking. In the Eastern Conference, it will be Giannis, and Giannis is going to beat a team who, for the first time, is going to get to the conference finals in as long as I can remember because Durant and Irving and Nash will get the Nets to the Eastern Conference finals because the Eastern Conference, while people may say it's loaded up with the Celtics and the Sixers and the Heat and yada, 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 it's Bucks, it's Nets. Nuggets over Mavericks, Bucks over Nets, and in the finals, guess what? My hometown team, the place I was born, We are going to party like it's the 1970s. Big collars right down Wisconsin Avenue, right downtown. There's going to be a parade with Giannis. The Milwaukee Bucks are going to win the NBA championship. Wait to see. All right, when we come back, you know I'm watching Kevin Costner movies. Kevin Costner is doing Yellowstone, that TV show that we've reviewed, and it's, it's unbelievable. He has a movie with Diane Lane, who is one of the great crushes of my childhood, my teenage years and my adulthood. Diane Lane and Kevin Costner, no joke, play grandparents. Wah, wah, wah. I was despondent. It's a movie called Let Him Go, and I want to talk about it. We'll be right back on Nothing Personal. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Through the first round of the NBA playoffs, it's still all about the Celtics and the Nuggets. Will it be a likely matchup between the two powerhouses for the NBA championship? You can bet on the Celtics to beat the Nuggets at plus 400, or the Nuggets to beat the Celtics at plus 425, right now. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Fuet in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So the best thing about – welcome back to Nothing Personal. So the best thing about the commercial break is that we can have breaking news happen. Of course, that's not really how this happens. Breaking news is happening right now, and it's simultaneous. You know how breaking news works at Nothing Personal. We do a show, and we prepare it the night before, and then we go over it again the, the morning that we do the 45-minute show, and we go straight through. But during the course of the show, if something happens, something happens. And wow, wow, something's going on. And it involves our favorite guy, Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder is getting closer and closer, inch by inch, of being forced to sell his team. I really believe that. So what just happened? The Washington Post has a story that just was released saying that Daniel Snyder paid. Now this is this is it is what it is, but we're going to talk about why it's interesting to me at least. He settled a sexual misconduct claim for 1.6 million dollars back in 2009. And this had not really come out before it's part of a bunch of lawsuits that Daniel Snyder's involved with, especially against his limited partners. Remember when His partners like FedEx all said, hey, you better get rid of the Redskins name. By the way, we want to sell. And Snyder said, no, forget this. And then there was a bunch of leaks that happened where Snyder was leaking stuff and he was accused of leaking stuff. Well, there is a war going on in the boardroom with the Washington Redskins. That's number one. Number two, all of a sudden, the Washington Post has decided that they are going to release, and they did, the fact that the Washington football team paid a former employee $1.6 million as part of this confidential settlement in 2009. So here's how this works. When you sexually assault someone or have engaged in sexual misconduct, you can get sued. If it's not a criminal, it's civil. If it's not criminal, you get sued by the person who you have inappropriately acted and then you can decide to settle it and it can be a confidential settlement. You write a check and you're done. Does this sound familiar to anyone dealing in presidential politics or in CEO politics, right? This is a Tuesday. A CEO, a chairman, an owner, a president, they do something wrong. This happened in the Knicks organization. A woman, and most, most of the times it's women, sometimes men. By the way, men can be the victim of sexual misconduct. It's not just women, but it's mostly women, which is unfortunate and pathetic and ridiculous and sad and sickening. So what happened is Dan Snyder was on a private plane and he was coming back from Vegas and he had been at the American Music Country Awards. He's flying back and all of a sudden some stuff went down on the plane. Now it's sealed. Query, will it stay sealed? There's some discussions about that right now, but it's sealed and we don't know what happened other than something very bad. Now, my experience is on the flight to Vegas, there's a far bigger chance of an issue happening versus on a flight coming back from Vegas where all you do is have in and out, you go to the bathroom and you pass out in a pool of your own vomit. That's generally what the flights are on the way home, but not for Daniel Snyder apparently on the flight home, he did something not so good and said, we better settle. They settled. They fired this woman who was an employee of the team. They fired her for cause. They changed her record to say, hey, she wasn't fired because she she filed the sexual misconduct. She was fired because we just were moving on. Hmm. Now, what does this exactly mean for Daniel Snyder? And that is what I want to focus on. I don't want to focus on the fact that he settled the sexual misconduct case. That's a Tuesday. I don't want to settle on the fact that he's trying to hide the fact that he settled the sexual misconduct case. That's a Wednesday. I don't want to focus on the fact that he's fighting with his partners because that's a Thursday. I don't want to focus on the fact that the Washington football team is an absolute dumpster fire of an organization. They can't win on the field. They can't win off the field. They brought in a black president who's supposed to make everything good and a minority coach who's supposed to make everything great. You put them all together. You put them at the top of the NFC. Least, and you say to yourself, Poof. twinkle, twinkle, twinkle." That's a bewitched reference, Elizabeth Montgomery. Twinkle, twinkle, twinkle. I'm I'm twitching my nose, which I can't do, so I'm doing it forcefully with my thumb and forefinger. Twinkle, twinkle, twinkle. twinkle. Everything's fine. No, doesn't work that way. Right now, Roger Goodell is going to say, Uncle. At some point, he is going to get pressure from Jerry Jones and the other owners who hold power and sway over Roger Goodell, and they're going to force a sale on Daniel Snyder. I've told you from the beginning, I didn't think that this would come to that. I've told you from the beginning that to get an owner to be forced to sell is extremely difficult. It requires a level of racism that you see with Marge Schott and Donald Sterling. It requires a level of bankruptcy that you see with Tom Hicks or Eli Jacobs with the Orioles back in the day. It requires some sort of unbelievable thing to take place. But at some point, Daniel Snyder and the Washington football team has become a blight, a sort of nagging gnat in the armor that is the National Football League. How's your Hanukkah going, Dan? Merry Christmas. Okay. I want to get back to a little bit about the movie that uh, we were going to review. Because I watched this movie. It's a brand new movie called Let Him Go. Let Him Go is about two grandparents played by Kevin Costner and Diane Lane. I can't even say that in the same sentence. Kevin Costner should not be a grandparent he should be having a catch with his dad. Diane Lane should be with, I was going to say Oliver Perez. Can you imagine Coca? Oliver Perez is that lefty reliever in baseball who's played for 34 teams and always seems to get a job. But you remember the movie where Diane Lane with Richard Gere and she had a raging affair with somebody and Richard Gere killed the guy? And then it's a whole movie about that. I want to say it's something like indecent, but I'm thinking indecent proposal with Woody Harrelson and Robert Redford, where we learned that everything does have a price, which it does. We know that. But this movie was called something with Diane Lane and, and Richard Gere. It's called uh, Not Nights in Road Dance. <laughs> That's another movie, by the way, with Diane Lane and Richard Gere, Coca. Thank you for Googling that. That was an okay movie, but it's a totally d- unfaithful. That's the one. Thank you. By the way, that would make more sense as the title of a movie, given what it's about. So Diane Lane is in one of my favorite movies called Indian Summer about a summer camp. Diane Lane is uh, an actress who I have had a crush on since I was young. And it continued. And now she's a grandmother. So what happens in this movie is that their son dies and their daughter-in-law takes their grandson remarries into a family that makes the family in American Snake look normal. This is a family that makes the family in The Godfather look like pacifists. These are a bunch of crazies living. I don't really know where it is in the movie. But anyway, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane seek to rescue their grandson from this crazy family and their daughter-in-law who has taken the grandson to be with this crazy family where there's a, I mean, it's just, it's horrible. There's a scene in the movie where Kevin Costner has something done to him that I don't think I've ever seen on screen before. And we're not talking about buggery. have seen that with Ving Rames and Pulp Fiction. We're not talking about horrific sexual assault. We've seen that in the accused with Jodie Foster and myriad other movies. We're not talking about slasher movies, which are, sort of horror movies that I won't watch, but you see sort of kills and murders and guns, et cetera. Something happens to Kevin Costner in this movie that blows my mind because it looked real and it literally freaked me out. It's worth the $17.99 for that scene. The problem is that you will watch the movie and wince thinking that your mortality is so firmly upon you because Kevin Costner and Diane Lane our nanny and poppy let him go it's like a triple entendre by the way let him go okay I'd like to talk about uh coca I, I know that we have the breaking news with uh Daniel Snyder but I'd like to get to the so you want to talk to Samson question because it's pretty relevant for today let me know whether you agree with me
1: you know what I want <laughs> I want to talk to Samson
0: Yes, he does. All right, I appreciate that because I appreciate you listening to Nothing Personal. We're coming to the end of the 2020 year. We are in episode 278, plus the sit-downs we've done and the bonus episodes we've done, the mailbag bonus episodes, which we're going to do again at the end of this month. I do appreciate the fact that you download, you subscribe, and you tell your friends, you watch on YouTube. Please just hit subscribe on that button. Nothing Personal with David Sampson is the name of the YouTube channel but you can find it. So you want to talk to Samson is when you follow me on Twitter at David P. Sampson. Thank you for doing that. I don't understand how Danny Cannell has 350,000 followers. I mean, he's a former NFL quarterback, I guess. He's an awesome guy, by the way. He's got a great podcast he does and he had a great show, at CBS for a while. He's 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 very well-known, way more well-known than I am. But 352 to 17, it's contract time, folks. Come on. Anyway, so you want to talk to Samson, put a question in the DMs, I'll answer it. And you, when you're going to ask a question about one of my favorite topics, one of my favorite players, I'm going to get to it. Trevor Bauer is the best free agent on the market, but seems to have some issues. How does a GM approach this player? And who do you talk to to get the best information about him? Thank you for asking that question. Let's talk about this right now. In baseball, you know if you if you're reading Jason Stark, which you should be doing, that there is some question as to whether MLB will start on time. If you watch and listen to nothing personal, you know there's no question. Spring training will not start on time. The season will not start on time. The season will be shorter than 162. These are guarantees. I don't even know if I made them wait to see Coca, but they're guarantees. The top free agents in the market have not been signed. Trevor Bauer, JT Ralamuda, George Springer, and some people are saying DJ LeMayhu, but DJ LeMayhew is not in the category of those other three Springer, Bauer, and JT. Articles are coming out. Who's going to sign him? Who's interested? Trevor Bauer, who just won on Twitter like some poll that he is the that he is the uh, the best follow on Twitter. Whatever. He has been self-promoting on Twitter. Good for him. I'm in. That's what Twitter's for. Building his following and trying to get owners to sign him. He wears different caps. He puts a Mets cap on. He tells Angel fans, I'd love to be an Angel. He tells Mets fans that Steve Cohn's the greatest owner. He's going on and on. When it was mentioned that the Cincinnati Reds will not be signing back Trevor Bauer, An MLB insider named John Heyman was scolded by Trevor Bauer saying, what do you know? Do you know something about the Reds that I don't know? How do you know I'm not going to be with the Reds? All Trevor Bauer is doing is trying to get as many teams interested, real or not, trying to get owners who really are interested to overpay because they're worried that other teams are going to sign him. Page one of the playbook. And this is the same player who said he was going to go year to year, by the way. He has a female agent, which is awesome. She's going to sign a huge deal, get a huge commission. I couldn't be happier for her. I think her name is Rachel, but I can't remember her last name. And I do want to give her a little bit of of love here. Is it Rachel Duda Coca? Rachel Luda? Rachel Lua? Rachel Luba? Rachel Lufa? What is it? Luba? Rachel Luba. So Rachel, this is going to be her moment, right? This is when you get 5% of a huge deal and you get to start making your way becoming Scott Boris. But the question is, as a team, but the question is, as a team, are you focused on character or on performance when you're signed a free agent? Well, I want to tell you a story. You know the Heath Bell story, right? We signed Heath Bell to a three-year contract in 2012. We did some cursory asking. We had some employees who had worked in San Diego and we asked the employees, hey, anything? Anything we need to know about Heath Bell? Anything at all? Nope. Okay, thank you. Some teammate. Hey, do you guys know Heath? Hey, he's pretty effective. Man, he's been one of the best closers in baseball. We need a closer. You good? We're good. Let's sign him. Let's overpay him. We gave him the extra year, which we didn't need to do, but his agents were better than we were in this case. We got out-agented. Heath Bell comes... And we said, Oh, my God, why didn't anyone tell us that he's absolutely horrible? That his teammates hate him, the coaches hate him, the trainers hate him, the manager hates him, the front office hates him hates a strong word, retract that coca, that we have zero respect for him. And that the minute he blew a save, he started blaming everyone else and brought the whole team down in 2012. What happened? The answer is we didn't care. When you are going after a free agent who you think is going to help you get a ring, who is going to in any way make your team win more games, you sign him. You're not doing a character study because you always say to yourself, he'll be fine. I tweeted about James Harden yesterday saying that that a change of scenery is the way other owners will dismiss James Harden's behavior, the fact that he's demanding trades. He'll come to us and he'll be happy. He wants to go to the Nets. He'll be on the Nets. He'll be happy on the Nets. Really, people are who they are. But does it matter? The answer is no, especially in baseball. So when you want to know how a GM approaches a player, you approach a player with what you want to pay the player in years and an average annual value and how you want to spread out the money. You don't approach Trevor Bauer and say, we'd like you to tweet less than you're tweeting. You don't approach Trevor Bauer and say, would you be willing to get off Twitter? We don't approach Trevor Bauer and say, would you like to never disrespect your manager by taking the ball when he takes you out of the game and throwing it in center field? We don't approach Trevor Bauer and say, we'd like you not to make any negative comments toward your teammates or to other people or other players in baseball. We'd like you to lay off the Astros if you don't mind. You don't do any of that. Do you think that there's a GM in baseball or a president or an owner who doesn't know who Trevor Bauer is or what he's about? It's a far better question to ask about someone like George Springer or JT Rallamuto No, it's not because they've got their reputations within baseball too. But you never really know what a player is like until you live with that player. That's why teams have a tendency to sign their own players because you know that player best. But in terms of caring, I care far more about years and money than I do about whether the guy's a good guy. And we've traded for a lot of bad guys. Matt Latos, bad guy at least as a player, remember, as a teammate. I'm not talking about them as a father. So don't go crazy. I'm not talking about them as a husband. I'm not talking about them as charitable or religious. I'm talking about in the clubhouse, as a member of the team. Doesn't matter. If those players had been effective for us, I would have looked past it so fast that you would have thought my eyes were closed. Trevor Bauer is going to help some team but if that team overpays him, then that will not be of any help. And when you ask who I would talk to to get information, you do never go. It's, it's weird, actually. Coco, one of the funny things in baseball is we have great experience with players like JT Relamudo. Why wouldn't someone come to us and talk to us and say, hey, tell me about JT. We're about to sign him. Nobody does that because we all don't care. Thanks for that question. I appreciate that. Okay. We got a birthday today. So, I don't know if I can sing this song. I certainly can't play it anymore, Coca. Happy birthday to Grandpa Coca. Happy birthday to Grandpa Coca. Happy birthday, dear Grandpa Coca. He doesn't know whether you're 92 or 93, but he shouldn't because I know he talks to you a lot and he loves you. And I know how great you are and loyal to nothing personal. So thank you. And by the way, Coca confirmed that you are 91. Four score and 11 years ago you were born and you're one of our biggest listeners and fans Although the fact is it's because of coca. If we got rid of coca right now, would you still listen? Would you still love nothing personal? Well, don't worry, grandpa, because we're not getting rid of coca. Have a safe birthday. Please stay safe. Be smart and keep listening because we're going to keep giving you 45 minutes every single day. I promise you, grandpa. By the way, if your name is Brandon Tuttle, guess what? Do you remember the contest we had a couple days ago where I said, so help me, me? And I said, What movie's that from? And I said, I will send an autograph ball, maybe of Coca, maybe not, maybe of me, maybe not. Maybe you'll just get a really cool autograph ball. Well, Brandon Tuttle, if you're listening, you were the first person to give the right answer. It was George Burns in Oh God. Oh God's a movie with George Burns, Terry Gar, and John Denver. George Burns has to take the stand and he asks us, Do you swear to tell the whole truth? Nothing but the truth. So help you, God. He says, I swear to tell the whole truth. Yes, I do. So help me me. Get it? So help me, me, because George Burns is God. If you've never heard of George Burns, if you've never seen Oh God, check it out. Brandon Tuttle, get to Coca, get your address, and we will send you your winnings because you did win. Okay, nothing personal pick of the day. We were 39 and 38 going into the Steelers over the Bengals. And I told you that, The Steelers have lost two in a row. There is no reason to take the Steelers giving 12 and a half, given what happens with letdowns, with the Rams not covering, not winning against the Jets. And the best thing to do is to take the Bengals plus 12 and a half, which is why we're going to take the Steelers minus 12 and a half, right? Because that makes the most sense. You take the Steelers minus 12 and a half, because I said that I think the Bengals are going to win, if not cover. So I picked the Steelers minus 12 and a half. Lo and behold, the damn Steelers have lost three games in a row. And now, instead of being the worst eleven and two team in football, they're the worst eleven and three team in football. They are despondent beyond repair, and so am I because my record now, since baseball started, is thirty nine and thirty nine. I have finally made it back to five hundred after being six, seven, eight games above five hundred. It's outrageous. Now, were the Steelers distracted? Rest in peace to Kevin Green, the Hall of Famer, who passed away. Were the Steelers distracted? Did they have a letdown? Were they looking past? This is the same team who we picked to slaughter some team who I can't remember because they weren't going to look past them. Well, now it just turns out the Steelers suck. So here's my plan. I am not making any more picks until after the new year. I am not making any more bets, and you shouldn't either if you've been following nothing personal pick of the day, because at some point, enough is enough. When you are picking games, you've got to know when it's time to say when. And I don't mean to call 1 800 Gamblers Anonymous. I'm just saying stop chasing Amy. Stop doubling down, doing a parlay. Stop thinking that you can make it all back. Sometimes the best thing to do is to know when to say when. This is not a commercial. This is me saying that 2020 ends with me at 39 and 39 at the nothing personal pick of the day. And I know from a gambling standpoint, it's enough because I also know when you're the house and when you realize that you're taking bets instead of placing bets, you know you're going to win because for casinos and for online betting sites, you can bet your bottom dollar that it's just business. It's nothing personal.
1: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.